Hi, this is Mike Claiborne, and thanks for listening to ClavesOnline.com. And before we go any further, I'd like for you to take a listen to one of my friends from Ameren, Illinois. He's their vice president of gas operations, Eric Kozak. <laughs> That's right, I said gas operations because they're more than just an electric company. When you think about electricity and natural gas, how many natural gas customers do you have in the state 816,000 gas customers in the state of Illinois that we serve. That's so. a big number. It is. It's a, it's a big number and big responsibility. You know, we don't take that lightly and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a privilege to serve the customers in the state of Illinois. And, our, and me and my co-workers, you know, we take that very seriously. So if you think about the state of Illinois, anything but pretty much Chicago and the Chicago suburbs is served by Ameren, Illinois. And so our service territory is actually uh, 44,000 square miles. It's bigger than the state of Indiana. That's a lot of coverage, and so when you think about coverage and we think about sources of energy, most people think of Ameren, Illinois for electricity, but natural gas is a major player in what you do. Yes, it is, uh, Mike. You know, natural gas, we, you know, like you said, Ameren, a lot of people think electricity, but Ameren, Illinois is made up of three companies that all had natural gas before, and those combined companies are a top 25 gas utility in the nation. We have over 18,000 miles of pipeline throughout the state. 12 uh, storage fields and uh, 1,250 miles of transmission lines that serve our customers. That's, that's a lot of property and a lot of coverage. So give me some of the uses for natural gas and some of the things it's being used for other than maybe being on a gas grill. Yeah, so I, you know, the easiest way for me to describe that is, uh, you know, I built a house about 10, 12 years ago. So I have a gas furnace. I have a, it heats my home, obviously. I have a gas water heater. I have a natural gas dryer. I have a gas stove for cooking my food and oven. I also have a gas uh, fireplace, which also serves as a little furnace for my living room. And I have a gas grill, as you mentioned, for cooking my food. So I got six appliances in my house that run on natural gas. So you're covered with gas, or in this case, cooking with gas. Yeah, I'm you're cooking with gas, gas, right. It's always good to have a chance to visit with the Hall of Famer, Peter Gammons, who's here in spring training. It's nice to see you again, sir. Well, it's always great to be here. I mean, uh, I love this ballpark. Cardinals have been terrific for a long, long time, and it's a really interesting team to me, so um, it's fun to be here. Let's talk about the national story. Everyone's talking about the Houston Astros, the apology, and all the things that have gone on. I am of the belief that there's a lot more to this story than what we know, and maybe over the course of time we'll get the full truth. I completely agree with you. I mean, they're coming out of the Astros, there's a lot of dog ate my homework. And uh, I, I don't think, uh, I think Rob Manfred thought he knew. I think he, there's a lot that he doesn't know. Um, and uh, so it'll be interesting. I think he'll, he'll act. I mean, <clears throat> the one thing that I think is good coming out of this, there's so much stuff. Um, it wasn't only the 1951 giant. I mean, um, <laughs> it, there are things that guys who played in the 30s, Hank Greenberg claimed, wrote in his book that the, that the Tigers had a guy giving, and uh, that's how they won the pennant by a game in 1940, and he and Rudy York each had OPSs of 1,500 in September when they were getting the sign. So, uh, and he's one of the most honorable people to ever play the sport. So, But I think the fact that so many players have spoken out about this is going to end. When Manfred turns to the to the Players Association, Players Association has to represent 
the will of the majority of players, and the majority of players clearly want this cleaned up. So basically the job of Tony Clark and the Players Association is to work with Rob and the commissioner's office to figure out how to do this. Did they make terrible mistakes? When, when they went to this whole challenge system, they should have figured out that this sort of thing was going to happen. I, I'll never understand why they didn't do what the NHL does, which is just have the, the replay official in the press box. I think with what we've seen, this is going to be the start of maybe some real rules changes with respect to that. Uh, so with that said, with the CBA up after next year, can baseball afford to wait that long, or will they no, have I to implement They'll start right away. I mean, they'll have to go to the Players Association. But my feeling is that the Players Association really balks at, um, for instance, not having a laptop, not being able to go up into the video rooms, that kind of thing. I think there's a way the commissioner can just override. I think if, I think the union would be in a negotiation in which they're starting. This is not 1994 anymore. Um, players and the agents are going to be really tough to hold together. I think some of the, the, the dialogue coming from the association is based on norms that were before before many of these changes. I mean, average player wasn't making four and a half million dollars. And, and uh, are, there, are there areas to complain about? Yes, but I think in this case, everybody but maybe a few people, uh, the Astros players who were in on this, uh, helped design the plan, things like that. I mean, um, plus they can't risk it because guys, anybody who rigs this up is gonna be done, period. I mean, I, I know one thing. Jeff Lunau will never see another day in the front office of his life. When you think about what we're learning, it seems like on a daily basis, do you think the commissioner would maybe reopen this whole investigation and maybe hand down a more severe punishment, or do you think his hands are tied by already committing to what he's already done? No, I think he's going to stick with what he has. I think it, it it's a good warning shot. I felt that, I mean, I question. You're putting a lot on the players, but he said, hey, the only way we're going to get the players to talk is to give them immunity. Now, did they all tell the truth? Probably not, but um, if they're found to have not told the truth, it'll be interesting to see what happens down the line. Hall of Fame writer Peter Gammons is with us as we talk about what's going on with respect to the scandal of the Houston Astros. So where do we go from here? Because there's a lot of talk about players who are upset. And I know while the Astros want to just move on from it, do you really think that's going to happen this season? Because, But the other thing is this. I'm hearing a lot of talk from guys who aren't going to face the Astros this year as well. So do you think we'll start to see retaliation once the season gets underway? I don't think we're going to see guys thrown at. I, I, I think Dusty Baker was brilliant in the bringing it up even before spring training opened. And then yesterday, Rob Manfred, all the Florida managers were mandated to be at that meeting last night. And they were told, don't you dare have your pitchers, let your pitchers throw at anybody. So I, that was a good idea. But I think that um, there's a target on the back of a lot of Astros players. It's going to be interesting to see how they hold up with that. I think that that's, that's going to be difficult. Plus... They're going to be asked about it almost every day all season. It's going to drive some of them crazy. And that's a lot of pressure to have to 
to um, overcome. I mean, Oakland beat them six out of eight down the stretch last year. Oakland's got a really good team if their pitching holds up. I mean, there's no pressure on them. There's a lot of pressure on the Astros. It'll be very interesting to see how that race unfolds. They're lucky that Seattle, Texas, um, they're still they're still building. And the Angels, I think, are still long. Their pitching is not very good. Give me a team that you're looking at this year that may surprise some people. I think the Mets are going to surprise people. I think that <clears throat> having Syndergaard healthy, I think Diaz will come back. He's really good. He just had a terrible year. Uh, I think they're going to be very good, um, and I think they're going to be surprising. Um, I, I don't think you can say Oakland's surprising because they've won 96 games two years in a row. But um, I do think that um, Toronto's going to be a lot better. Um in the National League Central, I mean, I'm not the two teams that did a lot, Cincinnati and the White Sox. I think they're both better. I'm not sure how much better. They're still dangerous. I think the Cardinals' pitching is going to be the, if not as good as the Dodgers, I think they'll be right there in the top two or three. They've got so much depth and so many really good arms, and you know, Flaherty's right in that 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 in that little circle with Scherzer and, uh, and Strasburg. He's one of the three best pitchers in the league. And um, I love the, the, the uh, forecast on, on the pitching. And I, I, a friend of mine who works for the Dodgers um, told me they were stunned when Kim signed right away. So Dodgers were preparing to offer him twice as much as what he took for the Cardinals. And the, the agent never got back to them. So, I mean... He believes, as all the Dodgers do, that he could be one of the most dominant closers in the game. So that's just another guy. You've got like three, four guys. I think Andrew Miller will come back, knee, knee better. Um, I just, I, I really, I think the Cardinals, they, to me, they kind of snuck in last year. I think they'll be the favorite in that division. You know, one of the concerns, though, is the fact offensively they don't have a middle-of-the-order hitter yet, and they're going to try and find one within the organization. If that doesn't work, where would they look? There'll be a few guys out there on the trading market. I mean, um, I think it's going to be really hard dealing with Colorado. You always look there. The guy's a great player. But there'll be bats around that you can get. I mean, Jock Peterson can be had for it. Almost nothing, but I'm not sure he's a, a three-four type of hitter. But um, there'll be somebody out there that, that they can go get. And with all their pitching depth going all the way down to Double A, Cardinals have a lot to trade. Few rules changes for this year. What do you think? What rule do you think will have the most impact on the game? Was that going to take some time for everybody to get used to it? I think that that, that it'll take time to see, like the three batter minimum, but more important saying that if you're a two-way player um, and not like Otani or somebody like that already you know listed as a two-way player um, if you're down by um, 10 runs you can bring a position player in now let's say you're down 10 10 nothing in the seventh inning so you bring a, a fourth outfielder in to pitch the eighth and ninth 
to save your bullpen's arms. Um, what happens if you go and score five runs in the top of the eighth? And then now you got to take the position player out and put another pitcher in when he might have already pitched the day before. I think there are there's some issues that they worry about. I've, known, I've had two or three managers say they think that that's going to require a feeling out period. Final question for Peter Gammons, Hall of Fame writer. Um, th- this is going to be an interesting year. Before we go into the final year of the collective bargaining agreement, what do you think the biggest issues will be that the players will have in store, and what do you think the owners will want to negotiate about? I think the players just want are going to want um, changes in the levels of the um, luxury tax. Um, the thing that's sort of silly is that players association agreed to that. I mean, there's one player rep said to me, we got a nice deal with Whole Foods and the owner's got a, a luxury tax. I mean, a, a salary cap. And that's going to be a tough give back. They'll get it, but at, at some cost. I think the owners just want uh, uh, more control over being able to send players out and things like that. And they may also want to... Uh, change some of the rules to do with the draft and and so forth and and try to create a a situation where there's more revenue sharing and probably try to give some money to the Miamis and the Tampas and and Cleveland's and teams like that. It'll be an interesting negotiation. Peter Gammons, as always, it's a real honor to visit with you. Thank you for your time. Enjoy spring training, and hopefully we see you in postseason somewhere. I hope so. St. Louis is a really good place to be in the postseason, by the way. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Hey, Mike Claiborne here, and by the way, thanks for listening to ClaibsOnline.com. Before we go any further, coming up next, I want to introduce you to one of my friends from Ameren, Illinois. He's the vice president of gas operations. He is Eric Kozak. That's right. They're not just an electric company. They're also a gas delivery provider. Now, when you talk about smelling and locating gas and the potential for you to have a problem, what are some of the problems and some of the issues a customer could have aside from as the eventual, perhaps an explosion of some sort? So what are some of the other concerns you try and maintain? Yeah, so our number one concern is uh, calling 811 before you dig. 811 is a national number. People will come out and they will mark the lines for you and let you know where your gas service is. So if you're putting in a basketball hoop or you're putting in a bush, call 811. Because if you don't call 811, you might have to call 911. <laughs> and we want to prevent that call. So that's the main issue is people calling 811 before you dig so you know where the pipelines are in the ground. Is there a charge for that? There's no charge for 811. In a situation where you're going to do some work, as you mentioned, how deep do you have to go before you would hit on a gas line? You know, I if you're sticking in a shovel in the ground, you should call 811. You know, we don't, uh, you know, we put our uh, pipes in, you know, 24 inches for service and 30 inches, but landscape change over time. You know, different things happen. You don't know what the previous homeowner did. He might have took a bunch of dirt off. So if you're going to stick a shovel in the ground, you need to call 811 before you dig. And I just want people to know that, you know, natural gas is a clean, reliable, safe fuel. But like any source of energy, it can be dangerous. So if you do smell gas, you know, pick up the phone and call us. We respond 24-7, seven days a week, no charge, ever. And we respond on average within 22 minutes. Over 33,000 calls a year we get, and our average response time is around 22 minutes. 
And I think that's pretty good. I think it's impressive. So that's that's the main thing is. And have your equipment checked out. And it's a wonderful product you can use for many, many years worry-free.